What's up, footy fans? Welcome to the eighth episode of Backyard Footy, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts. That's BGN.FM on the internet. You can also follow them on Twitter at the BGNFM. I have one of my very good friends here with me, Peebo Dewey. A little background on us. We're both from Maryland, grew up in the same area. He's a year older than me, so we never played against each other or really with each other, but we always knew of each other growing up and we watched each other play. Fast forward to college. He went to West Virginia. I went to George Mason. We went up there my sophomore year, beat them 1-0, but... It was always, and I only, I only got in like the last 10 minutes, but it was still cool <laughs> seeing all those, <laughs> seeing all those boys on the field and seeing my dude ball. We got very close in college. He came, we all have the same friend group and we hung out a lot in the off season. And like I said, we grew up in the same area, like 15 minutes from each other. So every single off season since college, we pretty much been training together, even this past one. So as you guys can see, we're, we're pretty close. So without further ado, I introduce my boy, Peebo. What's good, Peebo? How's everything? Yo, you had to add that last part in, huh? I had to add that. <laughs> you know I had to. So how's Carolina treating you? It's good, man. Everything's good. You know, just it's it's that time of the season where it's, it gets real gritty. So uh, yeah, uh, we just we're just grinding, man. Honestly, what's the city like? Uh, Raleigh. Surprisingly for me, I've never been to Raleigh before uh, signing with NCFC, but uh, I really enjoy living in Raleigh. It's 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 not as overwhelming as DC, obviously, with the traffic and, yeah. and um, you know, obviously, people and but it's it's fun. It's a fun city. It's a young city and it's it's up and coming and growing. So um, I enjoy life here. It's great. Yeah, because there's a lot of universities around there, right? Oh yeah, you got. Uh, so I live closest to uh, NC State. Right. And you got Chapel Hill, which is about thirty minutes away, and then uh, Duke, which is also about twenty five. Yeah, minutes. that's dope. Right. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of a lot of college college kids in the area. So. so you guys stay in free housing mostly, or just some of you guys in the team? Uh, it's split. So um, some of the older guys who you know maybe negotiated their contracts differently uh-huh. uh, have their own places. You know, that might be due to, like, them having a family, having a wife or whatever that is. Um, but the majority of us stay in the same apartment complex. Right. Um, ranging from, like, two to three bedrooms. Um, but it all it's all how you negotiate your contract. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, I live with another person. He's uh, not here right now, but Marcel, um, he, uh, he's a German guy. So he's pretty chill, man. We get along well. Nice. How's the facilities there? You like them? In comparison Perfect. to your others? No complaints, bro. Yeah. No complaints, <laughs> ever. They take care of you? We we complain when we gotta use the turf fields, but I mean it's uh Wake Med Park is just is phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you kept kept up with the national team was here. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. March, yeah, they're they're here back in March using our facilities and mm. that's just a, that's just a testament of how how good our facilities are and how and like the commitment that our our, our club has to bring, like, the top clubs out here. Right. So. And you guys trained against the U.S. national team, right? For a little closed-door scrimmage? We did. We did. Um, we uh, I got 45 minutes against them. Uh, so we did, like, starters and started starting group against starting group. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was 
just a good experience, man. Just to like go against like guys like Nagby and that's Yabby crazy. Clinton. Who are you going I mean, against again? I mean, right mid was Nagby, and then Yedlin was the right back. So Yedlin, obviously, people know he's fast, but you don't really understand how fast <laughs> you're playing against him. You know? Yeah. Um, so nah, it was a good experience, man. Like you know, those guys are at the top top level, and that's obviously where we aspire to be. Um, but it was it was a good game, man. How's the guys on the team? Are you close to a good amount of them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, naturally, and you know how it is when you're on a team. Naturally, you find you find that vibe within the team because you see these guys literally every day. Yeah. Um, so like, fortunately, all the teams that I've been on, we've all gotten along. Um, and it's it's a little bit different because last year's team had a bit more of a older roster. They had a lot of experienced mm-hmm. guys playing in the NHL, and this year is kind of like uh, mid middle age, younger guys. We have a few older guys, but for the most part, we all get along. Right. Everybody understands like like what the goal is. Like we don't like losing. We want we, everybody wants to win, so we all have that common goal. Yeah, um, but we also like to have fun at the same time, and I think that's that's super important. Do you feel like you're one of the veterans on the team now in your sixth year? I'm. See, it's tricky though, because like I'm like in the middle, you know. I'm yeah. being 26 years old, so at the same time, yes, I understand like the professionalism and what it takes to be a professional. Yeah. But at this time, um, I'm an immature dude, so I like hanging out with the younger guys. <laughs> I like having fun too. So, of um, but as long as there's a balance of of you know doing your work and stuff like that, but. Honestly, it's so integrated on our team where we don't even look at the locker room like that. It's just, you know, this guy is sitting next to this guy who's sitting next to this guy, and we're all part of yeah, one locker room. that's dope. Yeah, we don't really, you know, I mean, we have captains. We have older guys who, who obviously you can go to if, if there's, you know, some type of thing you want to talk about, but we don't even look at it by age. Yeah, I feel you. That's what's up. That's always nice. That's kind of how it is here. I'm in the exact same position being 25 but I want to say like eight, nine of the guys are all 22, 23. And then there's only like five guys that are above 28, 29. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's a good mix of guys. Do you feel like you're, you're a voice in your locker room? Kind of. I mean, a lot of people respect me, actually. Like, I can go up to almost anybody and give my input and tell them this and that or, you know, yeah. move them here and there. And they respect me and we're getting results and doing all right, too. And so... They're, like, respecting me even more. So, I mean, if that that's cool in that aspect because years ago, you know, I'm not in that situation. I'm listening to every single person. Of course, I'm still listening now, but, like, you know, have a little bit of a voice. Yeah. So, so what do you do, usually do in your off time after practice? Man, it varies. I mean, obviously, it's, it's super hot out here, man, so I try to avoid going outside at all costs, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, I like I like um, I have a few hobbies. I like photography, um, nice. uh, videography, and stuff like that. So from time to time, uh, me and a couple of boys will go out and, and just shoot some stuff, um, like put it on my other Instagram page or whatever. Yeah, um, kind of just hang out, go to the pool. Uh, if it's a light session that we've done early, I'll get another workout in. Um, it kind of just varies on the day, you know. Like, right. You like doing stuff. It's not like. We don't live in the city, so it's not like we can just walk outside and, and, and just walk into something. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff in our area that, you know, go to the movies and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not bad, bro. Yeah, that's just good. Yeah. So how did you even get involved in th- into the game? I know you were born in Maryland, but your family's from Ivory Coast, right? So how did that influence you? 
How did that uh, influence you growing up? Honestly, uh, believe it or not, but my parents weren't a big influence on soccer. Like neither of them played sports. Like my mom ran track. My family, a lot of people played. Uh, people in my family ran track, um, but neither of my parents played. Um, oh, wow. So when I first started playing, it was just you know go play a sport, do what you like. Like my brother played basketball and football. Yeah. And that's what he enjoyed. And I stuck to soccer. Um, I started playing with MSI, uh, MSI Classic. And I remember my mom threw me on this team. And, like, I was having a lot of fun just because, like, I was one of the better players on the team. Right. And it was probably, like, three weeks in, the coach was like, yeah, you, you got to play with a different team because, like, this isn't your team. So I got sent to uh, another team, which is Julio's dad's team. That's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. So, and that was, that was an experience and he was basically taught me everything I knew about soccer and just the, the culture of it and, and just stuff like that. So yeah, yeah I mean, because much the one who got me involved seriously. Yeah. He's one of the most well-respected coaches in the area. I yeah. mean, he won yeah. multiple national championships and things and you're playing with Julio as well. And I know he has a great resume, so I know that probably helped you tremendously in your career. Oh yeah, I mean everybody knows who he is, whether they like him or not. But everybody, knows who he is. <laughs> so uh, I'm just fortunate to be coached by him and to learn a lot from him and kind of experience. So then you moved. Guys. You moved to the Roadrunners, right? After yeah. that, how did you make that leap, and how did that come about? Um. Well, with Roadrunners or with, after after. With Roadrunners, yeah. Like, how did that come about? When since you were just at MSC. Well. It, the transition was weird because, like, we were always rivals with with Roadrunners. That's what I thought. So it was kind of weird, like, going. But in a way, like, it was almost time. Like, like we spent I spent a good amount of time at MSC. Like, I was one of the captains, and, and we were, you know, we had a good team. We had a good run. But, like, people were leaving the team, and it was just falling apart. But, um, you know, when I went to Roadrunners, it was, it was super fun, man. Like, a lot of those guys, like Deshaun Raglan, uh, <laughs> Chris Woodruff, Chris yeah. Hangy, hey. like all great footballers, man. Super good, but like just hanging out with them in person, they're they're just they're they're clowns. But it's it was all love, it's family. So it was a, it was a different culture in itself, um, and just like um, dudes like really like to win. You yeah. know, like yeah. even Ula, the coach, and Philip Jow when he was there. He, I mean, they they have that winning mentality, which I think I developed. Like, playing with them. Yeah, it goes a long, long way. Yeah, it was crazy. Man. How old were you at that time with the Roadrunners? I think it was U14 and oh, U15. Okay. So U13, end of U13 to U15. So you and were playing high school and the Roadrunners at the same time. So so I'm so I'm uh, young for my age. So that's right. I ended up, yeah, U15, I ended up joining DC United Academy, and that's where I played with... Uh, ah. So how was... Well, like sophomore, sophomore, I want to say end of sophomore year to senior year. So. Oh, damn. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So what was it like playing high school ball in comparison to club? Uh, <laughs> just in terms of like the competition. Yeah, the competition or, one, the level. I mean... You know what it is. I mean, well, you, went to, <laughs> you went to private school, right? Yeah. yeah it's so a little different, but still, yeah. yeah. I mean, public school is public school soccer, so it's 
is guys who are who like half the guys want to play soccer like are for real about it and they play on like decent club teams and then other guys are just playing to play you know they yeah. want to play in high they, they end up making the team so it was it was good but at the same time it was a little bit frustrating just because like I said that oh dang that competitive spirit uh you know, sometimes it gets the best of you. you yeah. Know, as any as any athletes would say, like you just want to win. So yeah. Sometimes there there were times where I would take it a little bit too far in, in terms of like, you know, just wanted to win. And my high school coach would be like, "Yo, just chill." <laughs> I don't understand like, like what it what it means like yeah. competition stuff like that. So I mean, it was it was bittersweet bittersweet, but I had fun. So high school was awesome. Did you guys win a state championship or you lost in the final? We lost in the regional final twice. Mm. Uh, who did we lose to? I know it was the same team. I want to say Liberty. Ah, I know Liberty. Our time was 2A, and we lost to Liberty two years in a row. That was my junior and senior year. Mm. Uh, the first previous year, we didn't make it uh, that far. But, yeah, man, it was tough. Never won a state championship, but uh, obviously – the year after, I know, state. of course. <laughs> <laughs> I hate, I hate to bring that up. I'm happy for him because it's Clarksburg, but at the same time, I'm salty. Of course, after you leave, right? Yeah. It's crazy that kids nowadays can't even play high school ball because they play in academy. Yeah, and it's it's wild because like when I first joined the academy, it was it was fresh, like it was the first two years, so yeah. it was kind of in beta, like they were still testing it out, and there was a lot of conflicts, and I remember like. Once we started training and having games in the fall with the academy, uh, there were so many conflicts, and I had to make decisions on whether to play high school or go yeah. to training, or you know what I mean. So I kind of like, luckily, I had understanding coaches with DC, and they would kind of like shift. Like Judah was super understanding; like he he knows what it is. Now. Yeah. But you know, I was able to make some decisions and, and you know play both at the same time. So you're playing with DC throughout high school. How would you get out there? I, like so uh, you're a sophomore, metro, junior, you're not <laughs> the metro, huh? <laughs> metro. First year was all metro, um, and then second year I had a car, so I would just drive out there. But sometimes I'll take the metro just because of traffic. But, yeah. Um, yeah, mostly metro. So you're commuting back and forth just for basically an opportunity with DC United, but yeah. your your last year, your senior in high school, you guys went to the national championship, right? Yes, yes. Unfortunately, I was not playing in that game. Oh, I didn't know that. Nah, uh, so a lot of people were missing from that, that team, actually. Ul Etuk, yep. he wasn't playing in that game. He had to take care of school stuff. I had to take care of school stuff. Um, I think Pittman had to take care of school stuff. So uh, West Virginia plays. Um, there were a couple other guys. I think Byron Gudiel didn't play in that game. But, I mean, I don't know if you were hip at the time, but that was kind of like the era that um, Andy Nahar was yep. playing really well. Yeah. Uh, so he, he got moved up from the 16s to the 18s, and, and he was balling. Like, he was playing so well. So he was he 16 really at the time in the championship game? I, I want to say he was 16. Because he started, that, that U18 year, he started off playing with the U, U15, U16s. Uh-huh. They called him up because he was playing so well. And, and in that tournament, like, he was unstoppable. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I remember he balled out, but uh, there were a lot of guys missing from that team. But we had a, we had a really good team, like guys like Paul Torres, Ethan White, Bill Bill Hamid was yeah. playing too. Um, I mean, shout out to everybody who played for that team because they were Marcus Douglas. Can't forget about him. Hey, my guy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we had a good team, bro. 
So you were then invited to the U18 national team camp. Was that after that championship run, or how did that come about? That was before. So if I remember correctly, the camp was, it was like in April. So, yeah, I think it was in April, but it was like a small camp. And it was super weird, though, too, because I'd, I'd always played ODP. Yeah. And I would get to, like, the regional level, but never make the regional team or anything like that. So I'm like, yo, this this thing's impossible. Like, yeah. I don't know how this would be making national pool or whatever. So I wasn't really expecting it. And then one day, uh, uh, Judah Clips, he came out to me and was like, look, like, keep playing well. The guys are talking about you, whatever. And got the invite to U18 camp in, in California, which was a great experience because it was a camp full of great players who, yeah. uh, who are all at different levels, you know, today playing in MLS overseas and, you know, like maybe even USL too. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a great camp. It was a great camp. How long was it for? I think, I want to say a week, a week, a little bit over a week. Um, and we got to play two friendlies against, um, I think it was the PBL side from Cali, and then we played Galaxy like reserves. So oh, that was nice. Cool. That's dope. Did that help you get recruited? Because I know that was what your senior year, right? Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, it was my junior. I committed to West Virginia at the end of my junior year, oh, so okay. I think. I think it did. I think playing for DC in itself helped me get recruited because yeah. before I played for DC, I didn't. I was. I didn't have too many options, yeah. so it was. I wasn't expecting, you know, uh, to get letters from you know West Virginia, like UCLA, or right, or like any schools like that. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and then as soon as they started, like, because they would always be at the showcases, and as soon as we started playing these showcases, uh, that's when you know schools were started to say, "All right, we're interested in you. Like, let's talk. Let's email, whatever. Let's, let's schedule a visit." And blase, blase. So. Uh, I think playing for DC in itself was was a huge help in terms of like getting to that level. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm super grateful for that and just the opportunity to, to do that, you know, because I don't know where I'd be otherwise. So. Hey, amen. Yeah. So why West Virginia though? Out of who else was who else was looking at you at the time? Uh, seriously. So obviously, I got you know how it is in the, in the recruiting process. You get letters from uh, such and such. And, yeah. And, you kind of just look at it and see what you want to do after that. But the serious schools that I were looking or I was in communication with were West Virginia, UVA, uh, U, uh, Maryland, talked to Sasha a little bit, um, and South Florida. And at the time, um, I just felt like with my situation coming out of high school and, and like just the communication, once I went to my visit, because I visited West Virginia, visited, uh, visited UVA, uh, West Virginia was was a sure option. <laughs> why is that, I was, though? I, I know why you asked me, but just like Marlon, uh, Marlon and the staff who, uh, Brian Green at the time, bro, like, they were super, like, you know how it feels to be, like, wanted. Yeah. And, and he yeah. had this vision of, like, building the program around these young players, and, bro, like, it was, like, it was super vibey. Like, I liked it a lot. I liked his ideas yeah. and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, West Virginia is a fun school and stuff like that. And, and to be honest with you, I already committed to the school once I had my official visit. So mm. it was kind of like I, I was already there. So, um, But just like his plans for us and or me in, in particular, 
I I I agreed with it, and that's what that's. What Because there was a, there was a handful of us who were all from the same area. So obviously, me, Boom, Chardinho, uh, Travi, um, and Shanley. Shanley's from Pennsylvania, but um, we're all generally knew each other or knew of each other. So to ball together, we just had chemistry, and it was fun, man. Like, yeah, playing as a freshman is super fun. You know, yeah. like when you get playing time and you're you're on the field, and you know, it's just it's just makes the experience that much better. What was the, some of the differences from high school at DC United Academy to now playing in the collegiate level your first year? Mm, that's a great question, man. Uh, obviously, high school, you could kind of, if we're keeping it funky, like you can kind of, you know, decide when you want to play, you know? Um with the talents that you have, you, you're probably in that, that bracket of better players on the team. So right. you can kind of decide when you want to try, when you want to do, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, DC United, they try to instill you uh, at a young age, like tactics, like this is how we want to play, blah, blah, blah. At least I, for our team, that's mm-hmm. what I can speak of. For our team, we wanted to play, and this is, we, put, we had a certain style of play. Mm-hmm. And then college was, obviously, we would try to develop tactics, but biggest thing for me was like physicality yeah. playing up up in a four five one was completely different than playing left back in a system that i was just overlapping all day you know mm-hmm. uh, so just to briefly you know compare the the three that's how, what i would say yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense and exactly yeah. what you mean when you were recruited what position were you a forward uh, when i was being recruited yeah in your first year in so I was I was recruited as a uh, a defender like a left back. Ah. And getting to school, yeah, it's was, it was, trust me, it's was, it was a wild, <laughs> wild roller coaster. But you know, uh, there was a there was an opportunity for me to play striker and score goals, and um, I took it. So of course, you know, I had a ch- I had a chat with Marlon, and and you know how it is to you know kind of be converted to a different position. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you know the game enough to play that position, um, but obviously, you have your preference. But in this in this moment in time, uh, you know, I just I just agreed with Marlon and, and um, decided to you know trust him and play play up top, have an offensive position, mm-hmm. and I had fun doing it, man. Like scoring goals and and making assists, it was fun. Of course, you know, but I was defending too at the same time, so it was kind of different. You know, adjusting and trying not to like waste all your energy chasing center backs or left backs yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, all four yeah. years you were a forward? So my first three years, I was a uh, forward slash left winger, sometimes playing on the right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, my left, my last year, I played all left back. And I think I finished with like two goals and like five assists or something. Like I did decent. So yeah. yeah. That, was, that was the most fun, actually. Uh, playing left back? Playing left back. Yeah. I just felt, like, free. I don't yeah. know if it was the, the personnel that we had or, just, or the system that we are playing. I just felt free. Like, we played yeah. with the diamond. Um, so it gave me the uh, like the opportunity to just run the flank the whole time. Yeah. With crosses and stuff. So That's it was, dope. So you appear in 21 games, starting in 17 as a sophomore. 19 games as a junior with two goals, four assists, and then started in all 17 games as a senior. 
That's a very good college career. So how are you kind of managing your social life as an athlete, as one of the top athletes on campus? First of all, I didn't know you were going to have the stats like that. I mean, my man did the dart work. I respect you for that. I'm over here guesstimating how many goals I have. He has a goal. Oh, man. I got you. Let's see. Best way to put We, our team... We enjoyed having fun. Obviously, at in Morgantown, there's a lot of fun to be had. Yeah. Uh, but there was also repercussions if we would ever abuse that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the staff would do a good job of kind of just making sure we're doing the, the right things, not acting too arrogant and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, every, every college kid knows, I mean, if we're going to be real, every college kid knows there's, there's fun to be had in, in college. But at the same time, if you're going to do anything in college and you want to, you know, go MLS or go somewhere, like, there has to be some type of balance. Of course. You know? So, I mean, that's just my perspective. And yeah, I mean. What experience it through West Virginia, you know. I'm sure it was the same at Mason, Yeah. you know, where you guys weren't were wilding too hard, but at the same time, you enjoyed life after a win yeah. or something and stuff like that. Yeah, like you said, the sacrifice is key. I mean, if you don't get, make that sacrifice, a lot of people that we've known have gotten swallowed up in the college system and that lifestyle in general it catches up to people. So yeah. sacrifice is meaning like, you know, some weekends you're not going out or a lot of weekends you're not going out. You're not socializing as much for an extent amount of time because you know you have to make the sacrifice if you want to put in this work to reach that ultimate goal. So, I mean, look where you are now. Sacrifices kind of pay off sometimes, so... Amen. Who were some of the toughest players you played against in college? Whew. College, man. I remember more so, like, I don't know their names um, specifically, but in the Big East, the first um, three years that we played in the Big East, there were so many good players. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm trying to... One guy I remember, and he played in the MLS. He was a striker. Uh, Guys at Providence, they were good. Providence always had a, like a really good team that liked to play. Yeah. Um, obviously, Maryland always had good teams or good players on their team. UVA, bro. There's there's just so many players <laughs> that like for me to go back and, and right. kind of just write down all these players. Like I'm, it's gonna take forever. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there there were tons of good players that we played against. And, and, I mean, especially in the Big East, going into the MAC conference. It was different. Um, also, DeAndre Yellen at Akron mm-hmm. uh, had the chance to like go one v one against him, and that was that was he's he's a good player. I mean, regardless of what anybody says, he's just there for his speed. Right. Like, he uses it well, so yeah. he's a good player in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, um, um, oh, I completely forgot about Akron. I think it was 2010 team. Did they win it? Won the championship, right? Yeah, they you- their team was stacked. You played yeah. against them that year? Huh? You played against them that year? Yeah. Uh, so we played them second round of the NCAA tournament. Mm. And they had, it was like, Teal Bunbury, Darren Maddox, Darlington Nagby. They had uh, Old Boy with the Mohawk. What's his name? Yo, he was he was nice. He was smooth. But uh, They had Sarah another guy, uh, Ben Zemanski, who plays here in Pittsburgh with us. Yeah. He was on yeah. that squad, too. Ben Zemanski was on that team. Yeah. Uh, Zarek Valentin, Chad Barson, who both of them, um, I know of them, and, and we have a decent relationship. Um, 
and they had a really good goalkeeper. I mean, they were just like well coached. They were talented, so I mean that yeah. that championship team was deserving. So, do you um, think the college game is beneficial for U.S. and then the U.S. system to grow if we're trying to compete with other countries? Bro, I mean that's that's the biggest question mark today, right? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know the answer to that, but I will say that the college game needs to be longer. So what there's what you see teams are starting to do like form the own uh, like spring league. Yeah. I think that's super beneficial, you know, um, because even in, in, in like with the USL, like I feel like our off season, like it's a long time, man. Yeah. Like four or five months, four months to not play. It's, it's, it's a long time. Long time. Uh, but, you know, and then the college, college season's even shorter. Right. So, um, obviously it might be very demanding because at the end of the day, the student athletes, mm-hmm. you know, but I think having that league in the spring and I hope, I pray that it grows because I think it's a phenomenal idea. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it needs to happen in terms of these kids trying to play and make it to the next level because yeah. Yeah. it's hindering their development. It's not, it's not enough just to, just to have like a few spring games and, uh, against other schools um that's one thing but to have a league like a formal league and you're competing against good teams like teams that you would play in the fall season i think that's that's very beneficial to yeah to the, so i think i like that step that they're taking and, and i think that's good for for the youth so if you could do it again with the usl growing now and you have a lot of teenagers who are now turning pro instead of going to college what route yeah. would you take? Would you still take the college route, or would you kind of take the opportunity to become a pro as a teenager and work your way up? I mean, I never. I, my mentality was always try to get signed a home, uh, get a homegrown signing. Yeah. So that's the way I wanted to. I wasn't too fond of going. The idea of going to school to play soccer. Um, yeah. And you know, my my mom would tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I mean, it all depends what you want, you know. Obviously, there's there's a, there's one side where, all right, let's say you, uh, you, chase, you chase your dream through the academy. You, you go professional, you go overseas or whatever, and, you know, God forbid you get injured or something happens to you. You don't get picked up by any club. Yeah. What, what are your options? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You look at it from that point, right? But then you can look at it from another point of, all right, well, soccer is not that important to me. I like soccer, but it's not that important to me. So I'm going to go to school and I'll play as long as I can and then fall back and something, join a marketing firm or something like that. It all depends yeah. what you want. For me personally, if I had the opportunity to go homegrown at the time, I would have yeah. I I taken it. I think so, I would have gone the same route. Yeah, so, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't have that option, so... Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the difference with overseas and the rest of the world in America. Like, these kids in the prime young ages of 18 to 22 are playing years and years of professional instead of going to a college for you. Nothing against playing in college for four years, but at least you know after four years of not making a a roster, then finally in your fifth year, you're only 23 years old with finally yeah. a good professional team. Like, it goes a long way in development. Yeah, and of course, like you said, nothing against the college game at all. Like, I, we were just praising it. Yeah. Uh, but just where my mind was at was I want to play soccer for, you know, 
as yeah. my I want to be a professional soccer player. This yeah. is what I want to do. My mind was made up, and that's where I wanted to go. So uh, that's that's reality. So what was your thought process after school? Were you on the draft board, or what were you thinking at that time? So I was. I, I think every, I think I'm not sure the rules, but I'm pretty sure like technically everybody can get drafted. Yeah. Uh, but I, I had no stock, obviously. Like, I was playing out of position, whatever. You want to use that excuse, but blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get drafted. So after after school, uh, I was very fortunate. And I was with the or I was speaking with an agent. Um, and he was able to get me a tryout, um, a trial for Phoenix FC Wolves, uh, which is Phoenix Rising. Yeah. And with Drogba, so right? Two weeks. Say that again. With Drogba, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely changed. Um, but yeah, so and it was it was and this is what I'm so grateful for the transition because I graduated in December of 2012. Mm. I want to say a month, maybe a little bit over a month later, not even a month. It was probably three and a half weeks a month. Uh, he had something for me. Wow. You know, obviously, with uh, MLS camps and USL camps, there's a lot of moving pieces. So it's not it's not always that smooth in transition where like you finish school and then you 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 have an opportunity that falls into your lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very fortunate, and I'm so thankful for that that opportunity today. That uh, you know I was able to finish school and then go and try out for a team and fortunately make that team and then start my professional career like that. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of guys out there that. Uh, you know, they're waiting maybe two, three, four months, or maybe they didn't graduate, or they just have something to do, and it kind of messes up the timing. You yeah. know, and they, they, you know, even though they have the talent to be a professional, the timing is off. It's all about time. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just fortunate that it was so smooth. And, and, um, yeah, I was out in uh, Phoenix. Yeah, how was that first year for you? It was good, man. It was, it was good and bad because. I say that because I learned a lot that year. Um, it was it was great um, getting away from my family or like not getting away from my family, but like getting away yeah. and trying something new. Um, I actually had a brother or have a brother who lives in Tucson, mm. so it wasn't you know like I was on my own completely. Yeah, but that helps a lot. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, but it was good. I learned a lot. Uh, was fortunate, ended up getting in the lineup early as a rookie. So I think I ended up playing like 18 games or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, played with a good group of guys. Uh, and I was an expansion team. So pretty much everybody was in the same position, didn't really know what to expect. Um, but, you know, obviously it didn't end too well. The team ended up going through some financial issues and it kind of like, you know, not ruined our season, but put a damper on our season. So, so what they folded and then released everybody, or that's exactly what they did. So gotcha. the team ended up folding, uh, and I actually had an option on my my contract, so uh, they didn't pick up my option. I mean, they paid everybody out. Yeah. Um, but they, I think they, I can't remember who they ended up buying the team, but they changed their name to Arizona United. And then, uh, I guess whatever happened with United, not the Phoenix, right? 
Yeah, because I remember at the end of that 2013 offseason, I just finished my senior year, and I remember you were at, at Mason hanging out with all of us at the house, and I remember you yeah. got that call from OKC in the room. I don't know if you remember. I'll never yeah. forget that, bro. <laughs> of course, of course. We were hyped for you, bro, and I remember, because at that time I just finished college, and I'm like, man, like I'm trying to be a pro too, and I want to get that same feeling, be just like you kind of, because you know, I had the same dreams and aspirations, so... I'll never forget that because I didn't know what happened with Arizona and you're here with us in the off season. I remember you're still you're stressing kind of for a team like because it's you're not for certain and not destined to get a job every single year with in this opportunity that we do. So what was it it's, like? Uh, now go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's tough. I was just gonna touch on the off season. It's yeah. super tough, um, especially in after that situation where like yeah you're a rookie, you played for a USL team that didn't do well. Um, that actually folded. So now you're just looking to get your foot in the door somewhere. And I'll tell you, uh, the amount of phone calls that I was making to my agent at the time was, you know, he, he was getting annoyed at me. Like, <laughs> out. I mean, yeah. but I was just like nervous, you know, yeah. I didn't want that to be it. I didn't want that to be my experience. So, yeah. Again, very fortunate enough to get an opportunity with OKC, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at a great, organization who was also an expansion team at the time yeah they they really did their homework on how to be successful i mean look at them today they're a great organization they have great owners they have great you know general managers great coaches that that have been there and, and you know they're they're doing it right so yeah because i remember we came out there my rookie year dope time the fans are already that was your expansion year too and you guys had was it like Seven, eight thousand at the game, and it was packed. It was up there because at the time we were playing. I think that was what two thousand fourteen. Fourteen, yeah. We were playing at uh, Pribble Stadium, which is a, uh, I think a private high school. But it was, it was, you know, it was nice. It was, yeah. I think it held six thousand or something. Um, but it was packed. The fans were super excited um, to have a team, have a soccer team. I mean, they're just very supportive. To any sport, obviously, like yeah. the Thunder, OU, they're very supportive. So um, they were behind us. What was Oklahoma like, though? Like the area and the city. Be honest, though. <laughs> so here's the thing. So when my agent called me uh, and told me there's an opportunity in Oklahoma, I was blown. Like I'm, I'm not gonna hide it. I was, I was like, I wasn't very enthused. I was, I was like, all right, well, let's see how it goes and. You know, once I ended up going out there on trial, signing, uh, they had us stay in the hotels before we could move into our apartments. Right. Uh, it was a slightly new facility. Um, it was it was still okay, you know. But once I actually started um, exploring and actually getting out of the apartment and mm-hmm. going to downtown OKC and all these neighborhoods and and OK, they have a ton of different neighborhoods that were like. Super fun. They have nice, like, restaurants, bars, um, just, like, different events, uh, like, first Friday type events. Um, it was fun, man. Yeah, because when we came out there, you took us around. We went to some nice restaurants. And you showed us downtown yeah. and stuff. Like, it might not be a huge city, but people still loved it, and it was still good enough. Like, I would have enjoyed my time there, too. Yeah, it's very local, local-based, like, in terms of, like, when I say that, they, they try to drive the local support. So that was... The thing that got me is um, a lot of these organizations and uh, businesses knew of the team, so they were 
like they knew who we were. So they're very supportive and very interactive. And that was, that was pretty cool. Whenever you have that, it's, it always feels good to like feel included in, in your, in like local environment. Local yeah. city. So I know you were there for two seasons. What kind of happened there? Did they not want to resign your contract or? So after my second year, my second year was pretty tough because I battled a lot of injuries. Um, I ended up um, hurting my foot. And then as soon as I got back, I pulled my hamstring, mm. you know, got come back too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was in and out of the lineup. Um, and me and Jimmy at the time, we were very uh, honest with each other. We both respected each other. And towards the end of the year, you know, I, I kind of asked what he saw in terms of his plans. And, you know, I was honest with him and, and told him that I wanted to uh, try to find a team closer to home. Yeah. Just because personal issues and, um, you know, at the time, you know, I didn't want to leave Oklahoma, but I thought it was the right thing to do is to come close to home. Yeah. So that kind um, of... Yeah. Yeah. He understood everybody. Uh, Jason Hawkins, who was a GM at the time, he understood. I'm still really close with him. Nice. Uh, it was all love. and uh, uh, But they just supported me, and, and that was that. That kind of steered you to Wilmington? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, ended up... Uh, getting a contract yeah so um spent a year at wilmington um it was a fun year but team eventually folded um for whatever reason uh, yeah um yeah so why you don't even know you don't know why wilmington folded though that's kind of weird they're a pdl team now right yeah they're a pdl team um like i said i've heard many things behind it but I'm I'm not in the in the office. Yeah, we don't. I don't know the direct reasons. Yeah. I don't even want to touch that subject. Yeah. <laughs> for real. But so, so you're now on your third team in four years, and you're leaving Wilmington again, going on your fourth team in five years with Jacksonville Armada and NASL. Talk about yeah. the challenge of trying to you know get re-signed to a new team, and you know a lot of people quit after not finding a team each and every year. You're pretty much going on a new team each year. Talk about that challenge yeah. mentally as well. I mean, you you know what it was like. We we got to chop it up after that season, and and it was tough because again struggled with injuries um, or an injury that kept me out for quite a few games, and you know at that point you got to sit there and say, is this me? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And you know you get in your own head and stuff like that. So after the season. Um, Wilmington folds. I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna go home, maybe get a job, see how that is, yeah. and see how that life works out for me. Uh, I think it was three days, three or four days after I get home, I get a call from the GM of Wilmington. He tells me, "Hey, I need you to go on loan to," or asking me if I wanted to go on loan uh, to New York City FC. Wow. Hell yeah, right? Like, wow. I want to go on loan. So for me, that was like, not not a sign, but it was almost like rejuvenation. Like, yeah. all right. This is before Jacksonville. This is before Jacksonville. I'm uh, like, all right, we're, we're back in this. Like, let's let's see let's see where this can go. Obviously, I'm, I don't have any expectations, but let's just experience this and see how we yeah. feel afterwards. So I end up spending uh, uh, a week up there. And 
we ended up flying to Mexico to play friendly against Liga MX team. Or wow. Division, I think Division Two team. It might be Division One now, but um, you know, it was four of us that got to go, and two of us actually played in that game, and I was one of them. Wow. So that experience in itself was enough for me to say, look, I need to play. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to be here again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it, it didn't work out because they were just calling us up because they had a lot of injuries and uh, national team call-ups. Um, so it didn't work out with New York City FC, mm-hmm. but that was enough to get a little taste and kind of just be rejuvenated. Definitely. So fast forward to... Sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, what was it like playing with Pirlo and seeing his lifestyle and stuff? I tell everybody this, like, <laughs> like I've never been, like, starstruck in terms of, like, seeing a soccer. I'm like, yo, I get hype with CF. Yeah. MLS players or whatever, soccer players. But, like, walking in to the lounge and seeing Lampard having breakfast, bro, that was just, like, an experience in itself. Because you see these dudes, like, you don't, these are, these are international players. These are players you see playing World Cups. Like, yeah. You watch him on EPL, like, Saturday, bro, it's, it was just unreal. And even meeting Vieira, like, speaking with Vieira, like, oh, yeah. his influence was, was crazy. Like, he made he, he made me feel like I was, I've been with the team. Jeez. So, uh, it was dope, man. It was, it was, it was really special, and, and that's one thing I'll always cherish. Like, I try not to be fanboy about it, but I was like, there's, there's no way. Like, yeah. If you this position with, like, on the same bus as David Villa, Pirlo, <laughs> And Patrick Vieira, like, Lampard didn't travel, but it's just, it's just, like, a dream come true, you know? And they're all gone now, too, so really, no one, you did something, you met all those people that no one's ever going to meet again at NYCFC, and that's... All to get on the same team, that was wild. Uh-huh. But, I mean, uh, my boy, Mikey Lopez, at the time, was there as well. Ethan White was there oh, yeah. at the time, and, and I got to chop it up with them, and kind of, like, because I haven't, I haven't hung out with them or, or, you know, been able to hang out with them for right. a long time. But it was good. It was good to see them, man. So then fast forward to Jacksonville. Um, what was kind of, you know, I, I know you'd only started like three games and you are fighting with some time and yeah. stuff. What was that yeah. like mentally for you? You're in your fifth year now as a pro and you've been doing well in your career and now here you are at a tough point in someone's career and it can be a turning point. So could you imagine that? Like getting gassed up off of, <laughs> going to preseason or going to uh, NYCFC on loan, and then you get to a team and you you don't play the whole spring season for real, right? Dude, I I and I at the time I, I I I handled it differently. Like I was the spring season, I I didn't care. I was upset. I was the type that like you know I was like, oh, I should be playing. Blah blah. You know how it is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, when you think you should be playing, yeah. you, you think you're always right. We're competitors. You think you're always right. Yeah. So it finally hit me, uh, you know, because I got to the point where I wasn't even traveling. Wow. Like, wow. I'm I, I not here. Like, yeah. I'm not even traveling. Yeah. Um, and one thing about the coach at Jacksonville at the time, he was very specific. If he believed in you, he'll hold you accountable. Like, and that's what I didn't understand. You yeah. Know? Um, so, you know, I finally got my head on, got my face back. Um, and this was like end of the spring season and, you know, I started training better and better and better and starting to actually, you know, improve myself, like 
I would look at myself and say, look, what do I need to do better? And then, you know, yeah. uh, and uh, so spring season ends, first game of the fall season, we play a three in the back, left center back gets hurt. Um, I actually end up getting subbed in and we start playing four in the back. So I'm playing left back. Play very well. Coach is proud of me telling me all oh, you, you great. Fantastic! This is the people that I I, I signed, but <laughs> you know, yeah, this stuff gives me the nod against uh, Puerto Rico the next game, uh, and that was a story in itself. <laughs> so, long story short, uh, start two yellow cards last ten minutes of the game, get a red card, mm. don't play for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. My head is lost. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get. Don't work out. Head is lost, bro. Of course. Yeah. So you can imagine, like, as a soccer player, you know, you have to deal with, like, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, you have the life. So playing, all you have to do is play soccer. Mm-hmm. But when you go through stuff like, you know, the roller coasters up for your whole career, and it's just, it's, it's very tough to stay composed. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, um, so yeah, it was it was a good learning point in my career because I've never been there. Mm-hmm. I've never played less than five games in a year, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but so I, I don't regret any of it. I I learned it. I went through it, and it's it's helped me appreciate playing time today. Yeah. Because I think back, well, I could not be playing. You know what I mean? So let right. me let me have a good training session today. Let me make sure I show or or come up to play today in the game. So, yeah, it's and, just, it was tough. And look where they are now. I mean, they're not even in the, a professional league anymore. And, you know, a lot of guys in that team, they don't even have jobs. So Yeah, it's, it's crazy how life works out, bro. Really, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, uh, I won't get into it too much, but I'm, I'm good friends with a lot of guys on the team who, um, you know, they were signed to that team this year. Yeah. So they that prevented them from with signing from other USL teams, like through the whole NASL drama, and that that that's scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, granted, it worked out for them, and but essentially, you know, just life works out that way, and I'm, I'm blessed to be in the position I am right now. What are some of the differences between the USL and the NASL? Um, whenever I hear that question, the best way to put it is like, you tell you NASL, you have a lot of older guys, a lot of guys who play with their mind. And they they try to minimize the running. Yeah. It, they, yeah. So it's a lot of playing. A lot of guys who like to keep the ball on the ground. Uh, USL is very, and this might be good because it means guys are hungry, but very unpredictable league. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you have maybe a handful of teams in both conferences that play a certain style of play, uh, but for the most part. It's a grind. Every game is a grind. It's very difficult for teams to go on runs because you don't know what you know to expect. Like teams are, are always you know bringing in something new or yeah. trying something new, and it's just an unpredictable league. And I think it's growing at a great rate for the better, um, and it's just going to keep getting stronger. Yeah, definitely, I agree. So now you're in your sixth year with North Carolina FC. You've started in 11 of 17 games already. How important is it to feel that you have your coach's trust almost every single game on a weekend, weekend basis? Yeah, I mean, 
that's I, and that's one thing I noticed with Colin is, you know, he doesn't care how good you are or what. It, like if he he has to trust you. Yeah. If he trusts you on both sides of the ball, like you'll get playing time. Yeah. But if he doesn't trust you, it's going to be difficult for you to find playing time. So the biggest thing for me was like coming into preseason, making sure I made a good impression by like work rate and uh, just like figuring out the the type of players that he likes and trying to be that player mm -hmm. um, without like changing too much of what I provide to the game. But mm -hmm. um, I want to say the most important thing is work rate. Mm -hmm. Defending, I, like I said, like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm, I'm a defender, so I know that's my responsibility. So yeah. I'm never going to take shortcuts in defending. And I think he appreciates that. Yeah. I think the staff appreciates that. So. Yeah, and going off what you said kind of about the coach trusting you and if they don't trust you, you have to adapt your game to the coaching style. Even here, so for example with Bob, like he's not one of those coaches where he wants the center backs to make the game difficult or try to be, yeah. try to be playmakers and come from Steel, coming from Richmond where we like to play at the back. I remember my first week here, maybe my first day, yeah. try to you know do a playmaking pass and stuff and he immediately pulled me to the side like, this is not me, like, I will not sign you if you keep doing it, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. And, you know, some players just can't adapt to it, and it can a coach can really ruin or be helpful to someone's career, and it's crazy. Let me ask you this. Obviously, you've been you've been in this camp, you know, prior to joining Pittsburgh. What are the some of the similarities that you see in, in the teams and, and differences? That I've been on? Uh, just in North Carolina and Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, right, because I was there before. Um, yeah. Well, even when you guys came here and played us in, on the 4th of July, like, you guys literally like to play almost every single time, and, you know, a lot of guys are moving off the ball. And <clears throat> even when I came down there last time and talking to some of the older guys like Steve Miller and stuff, and I remember playing some balls, you know, trying to play out the back, and they're like, you know, we love center backs here that like to play and, you know, have the good vision and spacing and awareness, blah, 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 and... Whenever I watch your guys as well in general, I can see that the coach emulates that day in and day out. You guys are playing. You know where you need to be, moving off the ball, and those all those little things. Because it's very hard to play in our field, and when you guys came and you guys are still moving the ball, like we were talking about it, we're like, dang, like this team knows how to play, period, regardless of what the result was and stuff. But you guys are moving. I want to say it was like 60, 40 possession, moving the ball, and then that, I can see that emulates in what he does in practice and stuff. So, yeah. So how... How's the season been going so far for you in your eyes? Uh, it's been good. Uh, I mean, started off uh, obviously coming in trying to prove myself, which is, I think, that that's the mentality everybody should have. Mm -hmm. but, uh, coming in, uh, trying to prove myself, been getting a good run at left back. Um, you know, obviously we had Open Cup and plenty of games, and we are playing – what, 120 minutes against D.C., 90 minutes against N.C., and then getting a strain, um, which pulled me out for a few weeks, so we're just kind of making sure it doesn't get worse, so we get it stronger before I, yeah. uh, you know, so I can finish off the year strong, um, but it's been good, man, it's, it's, it's been, it's been frustrating at times, just because I, I feel like our standings don't justify us as a team. Yeah, we're, I agree. We're a solid team, um, but, you know, everybody, we all understand that. We understand that we don't belong at the bottom of the table. Yeah. So everybody has the same mentality in terms of, like, getting back on track. And, and, and you know, we're not losing our heads. Everybody's not. You know, there's, there's often times where yeah. you're in a locker room, things go bad, and everybody turns on each other. And then there's right. a unity 
it's not like that here. Um, you know, everybody understands that we're not that team, so we have to come together to yeah. get out of this hole. It's only up to us. You know, the coaches can give us tactics, they can give us they can mm-hmm. put players on the field, but it's essentially up to us to score goals mm-hmm. and keep shut up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, it's 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 been good. I mean, it's frustrating, but at the same time. Um, our heads are up, our chests are out, so yeah. we're ready to go. Yeah, that's the right mentality to have because it's a very, very long season. You gotta have that mentality, you know. Otherwise, we'll just soak to the bottom. Oh yeah, and you know better than anybody. One yeah. month can change your season. Exactly, exactly. So I know you didn't travel against us last weekend on the Fourth of July due to some injuries. So tell us, you know, how important it is to take care of your body as a professional athlete. Yeah. Um. I don't know how many times I mentioned myself getting injured in this in this podcast so far, but it's it's one thing that I learned the hard way that okay, what's the simplest way to put this? Like, if you want longevity, if you want to play for a certain amount of time, then that should be no question. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, um, obviously, I'm not perfect, and there's things that happen. Uh, during the game, or you can't predict an injury. Uh, but I try my best to eat well, stay hydrated, make sure I'm strengthening myself with prehab before every training session yeah. in every game, um, and kind of just taking care of my body. So obviously, we you know we're grown, so we like going out for a night out, just making sure I I don't you know get too crazy or whatever, or just just make sure I'm hydrating the next day properly before jumping into a session or whatever. Right. But I think the biggest thing for me is kind of just staying consistent with it. Um, with this hamstring injury, it was a little difficult because, like I said, we went through like a stretch of 90 minute, 90 minute, 120 minute, and I was playing every game, mm-hmm. so it was kind of inevitable. Um, but you know, as soon as I get back, we're still in the same wave in terms of you know the same routine, so just yeah. to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, that's the most important thing. And that's yeah. good. that's very nice of them because I mean. A lot of teams and organizations try to force players back. Even here, we had guys who've had very serious injuries, but, you know, it depends on how much money certain clubs have, if they can afford surgery and things like that, or just a shot, or just throwing people back on just because they want them to play and things, and it only makes them worse. So, yeah, at the end of the day, we have to take care. I've been through that, too. I've been through it. And, and like, as you get older, like, you kind of know your body better than anybody else. And, fortunately... Uh, the staff here, I mean, they're not applying any type of pressure of me getting back on the field in certain because t- they understand it's a hamstring, it's a muscular injury. Yeah. It's very uh, common that happens again, you know, uh, just the way we run, how much we run, how we play. Uh, it's very, it's very common to, to experience another injury like that. So, yeah. um, most important thing is uh, just getting 100%, which I am right now. Right now, we're just working on fitness and, and just get it back to it. So Yeah. What are your goals in this career? I want to... That's a great question, bro. But I mm-hmm. want to... Before it was more so, I want to go to the MLS. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, personally, myself. But a couple years ago, I did some thinking and I said... I thought to myself that, you know, obviously, yeah, it's great to have aspirations, but I also want something to be known for it so when i say that yes i can get to the mls a lot of players get to the mls but is that it you know what i mean 
So it's kind of shifted in terms of I want to win a championship, yeah. whether that's in the MLS, whether that's in the USL or something. I want to I want to have something remembered. Yeah. I want to have something known for it, you know. And and you know you've won championships with Mason, yeah. so you you can always revert to that and and talk with the boys about how you guys won that and maybe mm-hmm. rub it in other people's faces something. Like no, I mean, I think that's that's kind of been the shift. Like, I want to win, man. Like, I want something. I want to be known for something yeah. like that. I want to be on a team that won. Like, I was talking to Kyle Becker the other day, and he played for San Francisco Deltas yep. last year. Teammate here does, too. Did, too. Yeah. We chop it up. Um, Lubon plays. Yeah, Andrew Lubon. Right? Yeah. Uh, we chop it up all the time. And, like, granted, their season – or they're not a team. They don't exist anymore. But yeah. they're going down in history. As, he has a ring to, to say, look, I won a championship in the NASL. You know Forever. what I mean? Like, that's, that's dope. Yeah. Like, my team doesn't exist anymore, but I got a ring to show that we yeah. won. You know what yeah. I mean? That's, to me, that's more than reaching any type of level. Like, obviously, yeah. I want to get to the highest level and play and be an MLS player. I believe I'm an MLS player. Of course. But I win a championship in the USL. I'd rather win that. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Are you starting to... angle? Huh? I said that would be my main goal. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree with that. Are you starting yeah. to think about life outside of soccer and life at, after soccer? Of course, always, always. I'm I'm the type of person that uh, thinks about A, B, and C. Of course. I've that. I've been doing that for a minute. Uh, I think that's why I made the transition so smooth. When uh, in terms, of, when I say smooth, just me accepting that I wasn't gonna get signed with DC United. Yeah. First game. So, all right, what are we doing next? We're going to play in college. Maybe I'll get picked up somewhere else. I think that's a lot of people don't accept that there's a plan B. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, for me, uh, you know, but um, right now I'm, I'm doing some work with a, a medical company. I do marketing and, nice. and digital nice. marketing with them. So, I'm just learning, getting experience, um, and hopefully be able to use that. Uh, someday within the sport because um, that would be my main goal after soccer is to keep working within sport Yeah, and, and kind of just use my experience that I have from playing soccer and then the experience that I'm, I'm learning in the, in the digital marketing environment to kind of just get a job <laughs> yeah because this career does not last forever I mean no matter how long you play there's always going to be an end so Doesn't, you're doing the so. exact right thing to start thinking about your future while you're playing Sure. So do you have any advice for aspiring professionals, kids who are in, in the youth system nowadays, or even collegiate, or even current pros? Any advice for them? Bro, I mean, it's I get a lot of questions like that through guys who, uh, and I'm sure you get that same thing, like guys who are coming up in Maryland yeah, and, and stuff like that. And for me, there's, there's, no, there's no recipe, it obviously... Uh, depends on a lot of variables like if you make it or not or whatever but the one thing that that I say to them is control what you can control if there's things that you can do to improve yourself meaning get fitter get cleaner do whatever you need Mm -hmm. talk to people ask people questions like I'm always open like whenever somebody random hits me up I'm completely open because I like sharing my story or my experience with them me too Uh, but whatever you can control 
try your best to manage that, you know, um, and understand that it's not always going to be, oh, well, he made it. How come I'm not making it? You have to understand that everybody has their own path and timing is key. So um, I could go ahead and say here, work hard and do this, do that, and you'll make it. But it's 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 not. It doesn't always end up like that. Yeah. People work and don't make it. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, it's just control what you can control. You know, if you can get your foot in the door uh, in terms of what you want to do, if, if your goal is to uh, play in college, are you writing emails to coaches or representatives on coaches, coaching staffs, or, yeah. or just putting yourself in a situation for yourself to be recruited? Then make sure you're doing that. Of if it's professional, doing that at a professional level. Uh, you know, and, and that goes for, like, anything in life, man. Like, what are you doing to put yourself in that situation? Or are you kind of just hoping for it? You know, I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. it, it just depends on, on what you want to do. So. Yeah. No, I agree with that totally. So we're going to do the first ever fan question section. I read off some questions from That's you from cool. fans online. <clears throat> so for the first question is, who's the best DMV player you've played for growing up? You played it with growing up. Sorry. I saw that question earlier, and I'm like, yo, that's, like, the best, worst question I've ever I know, right? Because, like, you look at the DMV, and obviously a lot of people say this about, you know, maybe Cali or Texas, and just everybody thinks their their city yeah. or area produces talent, which is cool. It's, I agree. But if you look at how many players came out of the DMV uh, and are playing at the highest level, so you have, like, Gideon, you have Joe Jow, you have Bill Mead, you have, uh, um, I'm missing somebody, but, like, you have guys who are playing, like, in Europe yeah. at the highest level, playing Champions League football, like, that's dope, okay. Then you have, the like, two handfuls of players that are playing in MLS and USL, like, mm-hmm. me, you, uh, Ebo, Ailey, um, Kobe and Rich, like there's yeah. just so many yeah. players like come from this area, so it's tough for me to say, all right, this is the best player. Yeah. Um, but if I'm gonna answer that question, like my guy, just because I grew up playing with him and seeing him progress like this, is Joe Job. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like the work rate this guy has, yeah. incredible. You know what I'm saying? He put himself in that position. Like we started off at Bethesda Storm. You. This is right after MSU, so, like, you... I don't even know, but it was young. Right. And just to see, like, him reach levels, and now he's playing... He plays for... He put a national team jersey on. <laughs> which is sick, bro. Sick. Like he's playing with dudes. And it's it's really a testament of, like, his hard work. Like, you, you've been to a Philip Jaw training session. Yeah. You know how, how difficult that is. Yeah. Uh, but he does it every day, and... and as for his sister, Mia, you know what I mean? So, yeah. shout out to them. If I had to give her an answer, it'd be Joe. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with that. So, yeah. a former teammate of yours, Austin Marsh, wants to know if you remember your long walks on the beach and loops and one of your first, some of your first Wilmington days. Boy, first of all, let me, let me, let me cut you off because <laughs> it wasn't a walk. <laughs> Yo, man, so this is what happened, bro. Uh, so, me and Austin, like, obviously we played against each other at, uh, West Virginia, Georgetown. Uh-huh. So we knew of each other. And we get to Wilmington. We're like one of the first players there. And, you know, he 
texts me, hey, you want to go, you know, get some work done, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Bro, we start walking off. Next thing you know, I'm sweating heavy like I just did the Cooper test at five-minute <laughs> pace, bro. Like, my man was booking it. Uh, but I do remember that time. It was it was dope because we, we got to, like, actually learn about each other. And, yeah. And, you know, like, kind of, that was kind of, like, the start of our friendship. So, shout-out to Austin. And he's another DMV player that's still grinding right now. And, you know, I think he's in his fifth year as well. And he's been grinding for the same opportunity we all have been. So, yeah, yeah. shout-out to him. Shout-out to him. Coach Joe on Twitter wanted to know, when are you getting your first shot in the MLS? And, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting because a lot of people really don't know the difficulty it is to even get a trial with a lot of these MLS clubs. And You know, we talked about the UB with NYCFC, but it's not really that easy. You know, you're still waiting for another opportunity. I'm still waiting for an opportunity as well. So when he asked that question, I thought that was very funny and interesting. And obviously, you're still optimistic optimistic for some more opportunities so yeah um i mean i wish i knew the answer i know right did he add mls uh, yeah <laughs> of course he did <laughs> <laughs> my man but yeah um, yeah i mean like you said it's tough to get an opportunity like you know i'm not saying it's never gonna happen but it's just just tough like sometimes you get called in like you've been in environments where like you were in the mls locker room and maybe it wasn't necessarily for a trial, but it was more more so for to to uh, fill the numbers for a training session or you know like be a mannequin. Yeah. Uh, but it's just tough because the league is growing as well, so they're getting all this interest from outside and, and stuff like that, which is dope. Like, it's grow the league. That's that's what the whole purpose of this is to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just tough because, like I said before, I believe I'm an MLS player. And hopefully someday some coach believes that too. So Yeah. We'll see. And last but not least, so I heard there's a Reddit forum about why you didn't get the role as a young Pele in the two thousand sixteen yeah. movie Pele Birth of a Legend. So why didn't why don't you think you got the role? <laughs> Your boy Uwe. Yo, fake news, bro. <laughs> so what happened was you can't tell this guy anything. So what happened was my first year of Phoenix, uh, I lived with uh a set of twins, Elliot and Andrew Weber. Shout out my boys. Uh-huh. Uh, and they were uh, like well-known in Tempe area because that was their hometown. And they actually had agents. Like they did modeling and stuff like that. So one day, Elliot got an email from his agent. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the email like asked if he knew anybody that fit the description for uh, a Pele movie. Uh, who would be interested? Immediately, he looks at me. He's like, "Yo, people, like you have to do, it. you have to do." It. And like for a week straight, he was like trying to convince me. I never ended up doing it, but oh, uh, uh, you didn't audition was, or anything. Of opportunity. <laughs> I don't even think it was, if, the, if the offer was still on the table, but I I just remember him like trying to convince me, like, "Dude, you be such a good Pele, like blah blah blah." I'm like, "What? Like, come on." <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. that though? Yeah, bro, this boy could've made it Hollywood, you know what I'm saying? For real, hey. Regrets in life, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Hey, Pibito, I appreciate you coming on my eighth episode, coming on the show. Course, it was an man. honor. For real, it's an awesome show. I appreciate all the advice and input that you have for us, so I really appreciate it again. You already know, man. Hey, appreciate you having me. It was an honor to be an official guest here. I wish we could've done this in person. I, I know. Like we'll do another one real soon, though. You already know. Yeah. 
definitely have part two. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep grinding. Keep doing your thing, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Be sure to subscribe right. to the show on iTunes so you stay updated when new episodes come out. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and all the latest episodes. And you can follow along on Twitter at Backyard Footy. All right, talk to me.